As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Plan, especially in today's market. Due diligence is important. Doing your homework is very important. Building the right team to support you during the process is very important. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And... He is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free and then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely wound up being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company, and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily Real Estate Investing Podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today, Leonard Spoto. How you doing, Leonard? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, nice to have you on the show and looking forward to diving in a little bit about Leonard. He oversees sales and marketing operations for Asset Exchange Company. He's a frequent keynote speaker and accredited course instructor on the subject of 1031 tax-deferred exchanges. 
and he's based in San Francisco, California. So with that being said, Leonard, do you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. So I've been doing this for about 15 years. We are a 1031 exchange accommodator. So we work with real estate investors who are using Section 1031 within the tax code to defer capital gains taxes. So when you do an exchange, when you defer taxes on the sale of your investment property, you have to work with a neutral third party to facilitate the process. And that's what my company does. So we prepare all the legal documents that are required. We make sure our clients are in compliance with the tax code. And we actually hold sale proceeds until the investor or our clients find suitable replacement property to invest into. So we're an accommodator. And like I said, we've been doing it for about 15 years. We do all types of different exchanges from really simple, standard, delayed exchanges to more complex reverse and construction exchanges. Let's talk 1031 2.0. So next level stuff. Let's assume that our listeners know what a 1031 is and the main components to it. What can you tell us that you would tell more sophisticated people and educate them on topics about as it pertains to 1031s? There's a few things kind of next level 1031 exchange stuff. Like I said, the standard delayed exchange is one of the things that we work with most of our clients on where they sell a property and then buy replacement property in that order. But as you and your listeners probably know, right now, one of the biggest challenges in the real estate market is finding good, suitable replacement property. I don't care what market you're in, whether it's here in the West Coast or where you're sitting on the East Coast, Joe, there's just not a lot of inventory and the good properties are getting gobbled up quickly. So one of the challenges that a lot of our investors have is, hey, if I'm going to put my property up for sale and I've got a limited time to reinvest, Mm -hmm. I may not want to actually sell because I might not have enough time to find suitable replacement property within that very tight time frame. So a lot of our more sophisticated investors are asking us about what's called the reverse exchange. And the reverse exchange allows an investor to buy replacement property first. So it's, as the name implies, just you're doing an exchange, but in reverse. You're buying replacement property first, and then you have 180 days to sell, provided that property sells within 180 days, that sale will be tax deferred. Now, these exchanges aren't for the beginner investor. They're not for the unsophisticated first-time investor because they are a lot more challenging. When you do a reverse 1031 exchange, you can't actually own the new property that you plan on buying and the old property at the same time. An exchange is going from one to another. Mm -hmm. You you can't just go out and buy something and call it a reverse. Mm -hmm. So with a reverse exchange, we actually become the buyer for you. So we assign into your contract. (laughs) Yeah, we become the buyer for that property. And we warehouse the purchase property until you can get yours sold. Hmm. You become the buyer for the property that I'm going to buy? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you put up the funds to buy the property that I'm going to buy? Yeah, good question. We don't. I'm not in the business of giving you money and buying property for you. So what happens is, think about it, you haven't sold anything, right? And you don't necessarily have that big pile of cash that most exchangers have because the building you wanted to sell hasn't sold yet. We do not buy the property for you with our cash. You've got to do it. 
And the challenging thing about reverse exchanges as well is, let's say you do have enough for a down payment on the property you want to buy. So you've got $200,000 in your piggy bank and you're going to go out and buy a million dollar property. You plan on getting a loan from a traditional lender like Wells Fargo or Bank of America. And then you tell the lender, well, by the way, I'm going to borrow $800,000 from you, but asset exchange company, the 1031 exchange company, is going to be the buyer. <laughs> you can imagine how yeah. that uh, yeah. goes over like a lead balloon in the <laughs> underwriting department at that bank. So getting a loan on a reverse exchange is tough. Mm-hmm. So most of the reverse exchanges we do are with clients either paying all cash, clients using non-traditional lending sources like private money lenders, or if the seller of that property is willing to seller Mm -hmm. finance the deal, then if one of those things are available to a client, then the reverse exchange might be an option. And to be honest with you, 90% of the reverses that we facilitate are with clients who are just paying all cash, right? They got a big giant lump of cash, maybe that they can use from the stock market or just a big piggy bank that they're able to access and they're able to buy replacement property without getting a lender involved. It's an all-cash purchase. We become the buyer. We sit on that property as the owner until there's sales. Once they get their property sold, then we transfer the new property to them. Mm. That's an interesting concept. And what type of documents – I know you've got all the documents, so that's why I'm curious. What type of documents do you have in place – for your client and you because they're putting up the money, but you're the owner? Obviously, there's a pretty lengthy agreement that we all sign, and we are the owner in exchange as what's called an exchange accommodating title holder only. It's not in our interest to become the actual owner of that property for long term. So we've got a pretty ironclad agreement that specifies that as the client completes the exchange by either selling their relinquished property or exceeding the exchange time frame, which most of your listeners probably know is 180 days. When one of those two things occurs, either they complete the exchange by selling their property or going beyond the 180 days, the property we are warehousing for them automatically transfers back to them. Mm-hmm. So we're not in the business of obviously owning property. We only go on title for the accommodation of the reverse exchange. In fact, when we are on title to that property, we also enter into a triple net lease with the client who's doing the reverse exchange, and that lease will give the investor, the exchanger, all the burdens and benefits of ownership. So even though I'm on title to facilitate your reverse exchange, if there's tenants in that property that you were buying in the reverse you were going to deal with those tenants. You're going to collect the rent from those tenants. If there's leaky toilets, you're going to go out and fix them. I'm not in the business of managing those properties for you. We are only on title in name and only for that reverse exchange. And only for 180 days, right? For only up to 180 days, right? right. Hopefully a lot less because hopefully it takes you a lot less time to actually get your relinquished properties sold. So the reverse exchange would make the most sense if I have cash or access to cash via private money lender or seller financing, and I am concerned about finding a replacement property, or I have identified my property, I need to buy it now, but I haven't sold the property I'm exchanging it from. Yeah. 
That is cool. correct. And sometimes people get forced into a reverse exchange. You did your homework. You got your property on the market to sell. You had a buyer that came in. The buyer looked great. So you went out and made an offer to purchase something. You got in to contract the purchase. You're going to time it so that your sale closes today, your purchase closes tomorrow, but then all of a sudden that buyer for the property that you are selling all of a sudden just disappears. They go away for whatever reason. Now you find yourself in contract to buy something. You thought you had a buyer for the property you're selling, but that guy took off. So you're forced into a reverse exchange. Not an ideal scenario, but that is something that happens as well where people find themselves in a reverse exchange. Let's talk about some stories that you've either experienced yourself or heard from others where a 1031 didn't go according to plan and it went sour. Can you tell us a couple stories of what you've come across? Within the last three to four years, the biggest reason why an exchange goes sour is because they simply can't find suitable replacement property in the time frame. When you're doing an exchange, if you sell a property, you have 45 days to identify what you're thinking about buying and a total of 180 days to purchase and close on that replacement property. So the biggest challenge in today's market is finding that property within those 45 days because it has to be identified within 45 days. So we've had clients who sold their property, went to Hawaii for two, three weeks to celebrate the sale, came back and <laughs> said, well, geez, there's nothing on the market. What am I going to do? So that's just kind of poor planning. And exchanges blow up all the time because people just fail to plan properly. So that's kind of one thing. you got to do your homework if you're going to get into the 1031 exchange. There's a lot at stake. My clients routinely have tax liabilities of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Occasionally, those tax liabilities can get into the millions of dollars for some of our big clients. So if you are not doing your homework, you've got a lot at stake if the exchange fails. The government's going to come in, and in high states like California, where we operate out of, you're looking at about a 33% effective tax rate between state and federal government. So... Like I said, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars for our clients. So biggest mistake some of the clients make is just not planning properly. Now, there are occasions where people plan properly. They know what they're going to buy. They go out, they get into contract on something within the first 45 days. But then, of no fault to themselves, are not able to purchase something. Whether the deal falls through, maybe the financing falls through, those are somewhat unavoidable. But in those cases, what we always counsel our clients to do is have a backup. You've got your first choice. You think it's a slam dunk, but it's always smart to identify a backup property, do some research, find out what else is on the market that might be a suitable option if your number one choice does not come through, have a backup. I've seen clients who just don't do that. They only nominate one property on day 45. They're already in contract on it. They think it's a slam dunk, and then something happens. So it's always good to make sure you've got a backup there. And just a point of clarification, do the 45 days run concurrently with the 180 days? Yeah, so day 45 is within the 180 days. So you close escrow on your sale, that's day zero. The first 45 days are what's called the identification period. On day 45, no later than midnight of day 45, you have to submit 
your identification letter stating in an unambiguous manner properties you're considering acquiring, and then you've got to purchase and close on one of those or at least one of those within the total 180-day period. So obviously, once our property is under contract that we're selling, and maybe even a little bit before if we put it on market, then we should be identifying the property. That way we're not tightening that window unnecessarily. Absolutely. And one of the things that my clients do, especially on the bigger deals, is they will get into contract to sell. You're going to sell a $5 million apartment building. You're going to close escrow, and that triggers the time frame, the beginning of your exchange. So some of my more sophisticated clients, they will work with the buyer to have a flexible close of escrow date. So instead of closing in five days with the all-cash buyer from overseas who's anxious to get ownership of this property, you say, yeah, I'll sell you this property, but I don't want to close in five days. In fact, I want to close in 30 days with the option to extend another 30 or even 60 days so that I have time to find that replacement property for my exchange. Does your company get compensated more if it's a higher price point for property that is being exchanged? Good question. No, we don't. We just charge, and most exchange companies throughout the country are like this. We charge a flat fee on the sales side and a flat fee on the purchase side, and the exchange fees are really reasonable. Our company is 750 on the sale and then 200 on the purchase. So most of our clients are selling one, buying one, and they'll simply pay a $950 fee. So obviously, you all must make money another way. I'm guessing that it is by investing or making dividends on the money that's sitting in the exchange account? Yeah, we are not allowed to actively invest funds. The funds have to be held in a cash equivalent account. So that is a money market account. And we currently keep the float on those funds as part of our fee. In higher rate environments, five, seven years ago when money market accounts were yielding 5%. That yield was split with a client, but right now it's less than 1%. So the entirety of that yield is taken as part of our fee as well. With the exchange, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that's 2.0 level that you want to mention? With some of the more sophisticated investors, one of the biggest issues right now is what we call in our industry a drop and swap. Many times investors will pull resources to go out and buy a large property. Let's say you're going to buy a $10 million apartment building. Very few individuals will just do that on their own. They'll typically bring on partners. And when you bring on partners, if you form an entity, to own that property, such as a LLC or a partnership. It's very important when you sell that property that the taxpayer who's on title is the taxpayer that does the exchange. So if you have a multi-member LLC, the LLC will become its own tax-paying entity. So the LLC is actually the entity that's selling the property and the entity that's eligible to do the exchange. So LLC will sell the property, LLC does an exchange, and LLC has to buy the replacement property to complete the exchange. Mm -hmm. Now, that works well, provided the members of the LLC all want to go forward together. Now, nine times out of ten, though, when a property is sold after X number of years, a lot of the members will want to take some cash, do their own thing. It's very rare that all the members want to go forward together after X number of years of owning a building together. 
But what happens is you can't go out and just take your cash and do your own exchange if other people are going to pay taxes because you don't have several taxpayers on title. You only have one, an LLC. So one of the big issues with our more sophisticated clients is planning for an exchange a year or two prior to the actual sale. You got to get that LLC off title. You've got to get the individual members of the LLC on title as tenant and common owners so that they are taxpayers on title to the property so that when it comes time to sell it, they can take their proceeds and exchange as their own taxpayer or pay taxes if they so choose. So planning on an exchange a year or two in advance is going to be very helpful because what you don't want to do is get an escrow to sell a property and be ready to close in two weeks and all of a sudden learn that some of the members want to cash out and pay taxes and some of the other members want to do an exchange because then you've got a big problem. That makes sense. And the drop and swaps referring to the switch from the entity that was previously to tenants in common, correct? That's correct. Another way to do that to simply buy out the members in the LLC's ownership interests and then allocate accordingly for whatever they would pay in taxes? Yeah, you could do that, right? So if you have an LLC that owns, let's say, a $5 million building and you've got one member who doesn't want to do an exchange and several who do, the people who do want to exchange could simply buy that guy's shares of the LLC. That it would be a taxable event, but it gets the non-exchanger out of the deal and then the rest of the group can then go forward with the exchange. That is another way. Now, A, you got to have the funds to be able to pay that guy out. So if liquidity is an issue, that might not work. But the other thing is that now you also still have an obligation to Taxes. replace the full value mm-hmm. of the exchange property. That LLC is still on the hook for 100% of the taxes, even though you bought someone out. Exactly. So the LLC eventually, if it does cash out, is still on hook for 100% of the tax liability. Well, based on your experience as a 1031 exchange expert, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? Plan, especially in today's market. Due diligence is important. Doing your homework is very important. Building the right team to support you during the process is very important. So planning, planning, planning. You only have a window of 180 days to get these deals done. And as I mentioned, inventory is tight all over the country. So the sooner you start planning for your exchange, the higher chance that it will be successful. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. Best ever book you've read? Best 
ever book I read. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that. I can't think of anything <laughs> top of my head. <laughs> What's the... You know, and I'm sorry, Joey, the only books I read right now, I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old, so the only <laughs> books I read are Olivia the Pig and uh, Humpty Dumpty, so we'll go with Olivia the Pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to include that in the notes. That's probably the biggest smile that I've had on my face while typing the book that someone says. Olivia the Pig. All right, done. Best ever way you like to give back. We donate to a, a couple really good causes that are near and dear to our hearts. Hydrocephalus Foundation is one of them, and the Ronald McDonald Fund. What's a mistake you've made on a business transaction or just in business in general? You know, communicating, not effectively communicating. You think everybody's on the same page. And this just happened to me the other day where you think everybody's on the same page, but they're not. So kind of aligning everybody's goals and making sure everybody understands the goals and making sure that you understand what you think your partners are going to be doing. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Two ways. Telephone is 877-471-1031. And then we're on the web at ax1031.com. I'm a big fan of your phone number. It's easy and it's appropriate. (laughs) Well, Leonard, thanks for being on the show. We went over a lot of information in a very short amount of time, and that's exactly how I like to do it. You were really informative from drop and swaps, which pertains to my business, multifamily syndication on large deals, as well as other syndications, and reverse exchanges, which is a potential solution to not finding the replacement property in time do the reverse exchange got to have access to cash and you need to plan accordingly if you aren't going to be within that 180 days and the plan 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 advice that you have that's pretty straightforward and it's something that we need to pay attention to the business model in advance and then that way something like 1031 exchange where we don't find the property that doesn't happen because we're planning and preparing prior to that. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks for having me. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at the REI Foundation dot com.